Yeah. The, the Texans make a compelling case for raising the drinking age because they have just turned 21 and their decision making is <laughs> truly <laughs> horrific. Well done, well done. Welcome to another episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. I am Jared, podcasting alongside the usual crew of Lucas, Aiden, Barton, Wyatt. On deck this week, Wyatt will undoubtedly rant about the Houston Texans' dysfunction. We'll debate whether Tua really should be on the hot seat next season. Expectations for Urban Meyer with the Jaguars, of course. Uh, James Harden's trade uh, trades effect on Kevin Durant's legacy, as well as our NFL playoff predictions continuing. Before we start, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify or SoundCloud, wherever you listen, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would really help us out, and you can follow us on Twitter, at Sport, and we just made an Instagram account, username, same thing, Sport, all one word in all lowercase, we'll put it in the description so that you get it, and check out the timestamps as well so you can see the um, topics we discuss and where they are. We'll start off, as I said before, we can't cover everything, so I just want to go over a couple things, a couple news items we missed real quick. Some big ones. The New York Football Jets hired 49ers DC Robert Sally. Is that how you pronounce it? Sala. Sala. Gotcha. What do you think of that, Aiden? Do you like that? I'm excited. Yeah, no, I see. He seems like he's been hyped up for a while. It was just a matter of time before someone gave him a shot at head coach, and yeah, I, I like the hire. Yeah. yeah. It's probably not Adam Gase. Gase, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. <laughs> someone who is not Adam Gase, so that's, that's yeah. all I ask. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, a follow-up from what we discussed last week. During a Zoom session with reporters, the Rams coach, Sean McVay, spoke about Jared Goff saying, yeah, he's our quarterback right now. Everything is being evaluated. That's kind of interesting. Uh, we'll see how that proceeds, but I also read... Uh, yeah, go ahead. What I read a report that said that their relationship needs marriage counseling, or so it's, or so it, it was described. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that'll be something to keep your eye on. I don't see it lasting past the end of next season at this point. Pdh. We'll see. The Chargers hired Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their next head coach. Interesting that they did not hire an offensive guru with Justin Herbert, but we'll see how that goes. I think that's an interesting hire. Uh, another one in the Browns-Chiefs game, which I'm sure a lot of you watched. Uh, Browns re- receiver Rashard Higgins fumbled on the one-yard line, and it went out of the end zone, which resulted in a touchback giving the ball back to the Chiefs. Is this rule too harsh? Quick reaction. Yes. yes. <laughs> Everybody thinks yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah it like, sense. If it goes out at the one, it's fine. If it goes out through the end zone, it's not. Yeah. Make like, it make I, sense. Yeah, I'm kind of okay with it going back to the 20, but like, I feel like it should just go back to the team who had possession the way that a normal fumble would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Um, the Eagles, Lucas's Eagles, are interviewing Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore for the head coaching job. Former Boise State QB. That's kind of interesting. I'm not really, I don't know if I like that. I'm not a big Kellen Moore fan, to be honest, as a Cowboys <laughs> I, fan. I actively, I actively dislike it. Wow. So. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he? Do Staley. Yeah. Because yeah. he just turned down the Boise State head coach job, right? He so did. Maybe yeah. he had his eyes on something bigger, apparently. It's, apparently, know, yeah, that's that interesting. Earned, yeah. Maybe, maybe they need a young guy to get, get along with Carson Wentz, though. We'll see. Uh, last business before we get into the main topics <laughs> malcolm brogdon is now 10th on basketball references mvp tracker at least last time i checked he might be out of it now but uh, <laughs> that was funny bart you were right that he it was an accomplishment to stay on that list for like a week so yeah. uh, we still love you malcolm yeah we still he's, he's still balling all, so all right let's get into the meat of it let's start off with houston we have a problem Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston after the Texans hired a GM without consulting their star quarterback first. Former Texans player Andre Johnson also added fuel to the fire by declaring that the Texans waste the talent of their stars. Wyatt, I get the sense that you're ready for an angry rant and potentially a book it, so I asked you this. Are Deshaun Watson's complaints a fair mm-hmm. reason to want out? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when this story initially came out, I, I was... I said to myself, well, what does Deshaun Watson really know about hiring a GM? Could exactly. could Deshaun Watson go out and name the guy the Lions had just hired? He probably had no idea who any of these people are. 
And then I sat with him for a couple of days and I thought as well, well, what does anybody in the Texans organization know about anything? <laughs> I don't think that they would know football talent or a solid decision-making if it smacked him in the back of the head. Because <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that they were established in 1999, two years after I was born, right? So they're younger than me. And they're already five years away from becoming the Detroit Lions. In a sense that the Detroit Lions had Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders retire in their prime. They said they would, they would rather never play football again than to continue to play for the Detroit Lions. I feel like I'm going to get the same sense out of the Texans who have already traded away some of their best players in DeAndre Hopkins. They're probably going to trade away Watson, and they're going to cut J.J. Watt at some point here in this offseason. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're going to waste the talent of some, some of the best players that the NFL has ever seen, and it's all because they decided to empower Jack Easterby, who was at one point a team pastor and is now running their football operations. <laughs> the environment that they have in there has been described as cultish by some former players. They hired a search committee for uh, to find the next GM. Obviously, Deshaun Watson wanted in on that. Uh, they didn't ask him about it. They told him he would be a part of the, pro- the decision-making. And then when it came down to it, Nick Casario got the job, who wasn't even on the list that the search committee had found of a possible GMs. So Jack used to be snuck in the back door, said, I don't care about the list that they hired. We're going to hire another Patriots guy. We're going to try to do Bill O'Brien again, point two, or 2.0, and we're going to give it another shot. And right now the Texans are walking in circles. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I don't want any part of it at all. Yeah. The, the Texans make a compelling case for raising the drinking age because they have just turned 21, and their decision-making is <laughs> truly <laughs> horrific. Um, well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. But honestly, they're com- I agree with why. They're, they're completely wasting his talent. I'll throw a couple numbers your way. This year, he was second overall in passer rating, fourth in interception percentage, third in completion percentage. And then even though this is probably less useful of a stat – Number one overall in passing yards. He has proved this year he's undoubtedly a top five quarterback. Mm -hmm. And yet the Texans won four games this year. And that should never happen with a top five quarterback. They've failed to Sean Watson. Bill O'Brien traded away uh, his best wide receiver. um, And just generally the organization's a mess. And if I were Watson, I would absolutely want out too. If you're a guy who's entering the prime of your career as one of the best in the league, and you have no talent around you and just organizational dysfunction, you got to take any out that you can yeah. get. So, I, I, I want to reiterate. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just want to, like, I don't think we talked about this enough, even though we talked about it a lot. He didn't just trade away the best wide receiver. He traded him away for, like, a mediocre running back. And it's a completely <laughs> replaceable position. Yeah, it just, yeah. Sorry, I just if, wanted to add that in. It's just, if we yeah. want to go down the list of the talent that the Texans have just let go, we can go Jadavian Clowney, Tyron mm-hmm. Matthew, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which are three three players. I mean, uh, Jadavian Clowney, you can argue that maybe that might have been a better choice instead of paying him double-digit figures. But Tyron Matthew looks like he's the best safety in the league. And obviously DeAndre Hopkins is still a top three wide receiver. So, I mean, the, the, the fact that you would have any of those guys plus one of the best DNs that we've ever seen and one of the best quarterbacks in the league, again, it's just it's a waste. It's a continued waste of talent. Is it Matthew fair to say that they're wasting Yeah. What 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 did you say, Bart? Go ahead. I was just never mind. No. Okay. I don't think I don't think I think you can count the number of playoff games Watt has played in on one hand, right? Yeah. Like it's it, it, not even. Yeah. Maybe on half a hand. Yeah. Is it fair to say that they're wasting his talent when he's only played four seasons, and they were they had like a twenty-one point lead or whatever on the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, or uh, AFC Divisional Round? Well, they lost, so. Yeah. yeah, like it yeah. doesn't matter in the end if you had a big lead. Like there's an organizational failure if you blow that big a lead too. Like that that also shows some sort of like deep rot within the organization mm. and the coaching and the discipline. Like I think if anything that provides more evidence for the yeah. fact that they're wasting him because they can't put forward a team that can withstand a huge lead in a playoff game and just crumbles under pressure. Yeah. Also the fact that their response to that was to get rid of, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, <laughs> yeah. not, yeah. like they clearly did not make the team better last off season when it was clear they were a, like a team that could contend if they continued to, do, you know, invest in Deshaun Watson. But I mean, yeah, they, did, they haven't invested in his weapons. 
they have not invested in his o-line he's been sacked the most of any qb over the last three years like mm. i yeah i think i think he definitely deserves to have had enough at this point and to, to look for an out and they also cut kenny stills as well as a guy yeah. who that they thought would help replace the deandre hopkins stuff like they just they're just stripping him of talent mediocre running back it just you know i could go on and on about the way that the texans run their organization it's terrible so it's more about all this stuff compounding rather than that he didn't get a say in the GM process. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think yeah. that's an yeah, issue that he yeah. doesn't get a say. The issue is that they're not communicating with him. Apparently, he found out about the GM process like through social media. The team didn't even inform him. So, right, and they and what and they also that's pretty disrespectful. They had, they had promised him that he would have some sort of decision or say or input or notice on what the the, the GM move was going to be. And I think mm-hmm. that he deserves yeah. a right after they traded away his best option wide receiver option. I mean, he, he was also blindsided by the DeAndre Hopkins trade where nobody mm-hmm. had come up to him and been like, hey, what do you think about this? Because I guarantee you if they'd asked him, DeAndre Hopkins would probably still be on that team. But they want to mm-hmm. blindside him. Again, it's a waste of talent for you to have a player. And I think organizations a lot of the time, especially in the NFL, can shamelessly waste the talent and use up the careers of players. Like, we don't talk about it, but <clears throat> the Packers have wasted – Aaron Rodgers' career. I, th- I think up until now... You talk they- about it. <laughs> you bring that up any time we talk about Mike McCarthy. But- up until now, they haven't really... <laughs> they don't really do this. They, they just subject, started adding yeah. pieces to the defense. They hired... Matt- I mean, Matt LaFleur is obviously he's a great coach, and they have a better, best chance that they've ever had since they won the Super Bowl um, to actually win it again this year. A-, a lot of organizations are going to go down this path of shamelessly wasting the careers of really talented players and we're just never going to talk about it because the NFL is a, um, you know, shut up or, or put up or shut up kind of league where you kind of just got to deal with the hierarchy of power. But it's not, and it's unfair when you're Deshaun Watson, who's a new age player, and you kind of got to – you probably – you've seen it happen time and time again where you just don't want to sit there and waste your time, yeah. even if you are making $150 million, to waste your time, you know, not competing. Because at the end of the day, they're competitors. It's the reason why they got there in the first place. Yeah. 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 All right. This, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Aiden. No, it's just, yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like the GM thing was the issue. It seems like this was the, the pop, like, you know, the, the break. The straw that broke the Yeah, guy. exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What are some interesting trade destinations for him? Obviously, we heard a lot about the Dolphins, which we'll get into later, and the Jets now, apparently. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of those? And what other destinations pop up for you? Any team that doesn't have an elite quarterback should be preparing yes. like a yeah. huge trade package yeah. for him uh, at this moment, no matter what it takes. Right. Um, is, is there any chance that Sam Darnold, even if they kept Sam Darnold in in the New York, <laughs> any chance that Sam Darnold or Justin Fields would ever be as good as Deshaun Watson is right now? Probably not. Probably not. I don't right. Think so. Why yeah. would you sit around and wait and try to go? Well, oh, maybe we can do that. Uh, I saw that the Panthers are a dark horse yeah. team to possibly mm. trade. Um, for him, and I would also, of course, I would love to see the 49ers. I don't know how they pull it off, but yeah, maybe they can yeah. trade Jimmy G for some compensation yeah. and then work it from there. Yeah, yeah. I saw a suggestion that they would probably have to include Bosa in a trade too, which I think no, makes way. It that'd not be worth an, it. Yeah, that'd like, be they don't really have the, like the draft capital for it, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, no way. yeah. 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 If I'm if I'm Watson, I'm definitely going to the. I want to go to the NFC. Because the AFC is just loaded with good quarterbacks right now, I feel like. <laughs> I would want to go to NFC. Yeah. But I bet you could finesse he, the Texans. He has a no-trade clause, so he, he basically gets to pick where he wants to hey. So. Nice. Yeah, How so long until he takes yeah. the Harden route and makes like a list of teams? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like, like, who do you think he'd say no to at this point? Yeah, I wonder if like the yeah. Jets or like something like that would be a, a thing that he wouldn't be willing. I mean, like the Dolphins are a team that could win with Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. The 49ers are a team that could win with Deshaun Watson. I've heard the Saints and Patriots thrown out there too. Like those are teams that could mm-hmm. win with them. I'm not sure if, the, yeah. if they have like the, the packages to, you know, make that trade happen. But like the when problem? it comes to the Jets, like Jameis yeah. for uh Yeah, exactly. The Saints are so str- I mean this is a whole other topic. The Saints are strapped next year as far as cap goes. I think they're like ninety million dollars over the cap or something like that or or you know like they're yeah. they're not they they went all in for the Drew Brees stuff, which yeah. by the way if he calls it quits, um heck of a career. But yeah. 
Um, they, I don't think that they have any room at all to try to, to maybe make a move at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I want to ask one more question before we move on. A general sports culture question: Do you, do professional athletes give up on their franchises too early and often nowadays, or do you think athletes can just argue that loyalty has never been a two-way street in sports? What do y'all think? Loyalty has never been a two-way never. street in sports. Yeah, absolutely. And like, honestly, like having a Derek Jeter is fun, and I think yeah. it's cool when you have somebody <laughs> that plays for like a team their whole career. But like, at the end of the day, you're one a competitor. And, competitor and two an employee and if one you can't compete and two you're not being treated with respect by your employer why should you put up with that right mm. i mean mm. the same thing it's like lebron james could have stayed in cleveland the whole time right but at the end mm. of the day like if he had stayed in cleveland he would have never had a shot to win any, any of those championships that he did in miami the problem is that they, they again they shamelessly waste the careers of players <laughs> and then you just kind of got to sit there and take it like I think like Derek Jeter is cool, Kobe's cool, Michael Jordan at least up until the Wizards day days were cool. But I mean, th- those are completely yeah. different situations where like they were winning games. If this yeah. would be a completely different situation yeah, if this was Drew Brees and the Saints. Like it's not exactly the same thing where they're putting no. teams and like they're going all in to win championships with these players, and some teams are just like, mm. oh whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. General managers have never had to be loyal. They can just trade a guy whenever yeah. they want because it helps exactly. the team. But when an athlete does that, it's being selfish because it's like, yeah. what's best for me? And that's like people that kind of just don't like that. I think that's part of the reason why it's never been a two-way street. But yeah, Okay, let's move on to one of Deshaun Watson's preferred destinations being the Miami Dolphins, obviously. A report also surfaced <laughs> last week that some Dolphins players aren't convinced that Tua is the right quarterback for the team. Bart, here's a leading question coming your way. Isn't this criticism <laughs> totally unfair to Tua as he has a winning record in nine starts? Leading or not, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Tua is getting blasted completely unfairly, or mostly unfairly. So, I mean, just even, okay, first of all, if you just look at his numbers this season, they were not bad. They were not bad at all. I mean, they were totally fine. It's like 64% completion percentage, 11 mm-hmm. to 5 touchdown interception ratio. Granted, his yards and his like yards per attempt yeah. were quite low. I think that's the one thing. But like overall, it's not like he was like bottom of the barrel. He was like a totally fine rookie season. If you compare him to like Russ's season, Kyler Murray's rookie season, Baker's rookie season, mm-hmm. a bunch of these guys, he's right there with them numbers-wise. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's fair. And of course, the most important thing is he was winning, right? I mean, he had more wins than all of them except for Russ. Russ won like 11 and five absurdly in his rookie season. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, like I said earlier, the yards, right? He kind of developed a reputation for dink and dunking this season. And I think that might be a concern, but I think there are more things working in his favor than against. Like he had a bunch of injury issues with his skill players, like uh, Devonte Parker, uh, Preston Williams, and um, Mike Jessicki all missed time, like mm-hmm. his three probably best receivers. Um, and he had no off season to boot and he's a rookie. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think the key, I think, for the Dolphins, if they really want to stick with Tua, is they have they have the third and the 18th picks in this draft, uh, among others, obviously. I think you just you got to surround him with more talent. I don't think Devontae Parker should be your number one receiver. I don't think Mike Jessicke should be your second most productive <laughs> receiver. Miles Gaskin is not, like, an elite running back by any means. Yeah. I mean, their offensive line wasn't even bad this year, but, like, Panay Sewell is a generational t- tackle prospect, so maybe they could get him at number three. I think you just got to surround him, and then and then I think you you trust that he's actually going to be good. I think having a like having Flores actually trust him to finish games next season will help. Having a full off season will help, and having more talent around him will help. And I think people will realize that the the doubts were actually unfair. I think he just needs more one to two more seasons to get where where he could be. I think his ceiling is quite high. Totally agree. Yeah. This is just like a hot take media storm right now, which. Yeah. Is just, and I think it's super annoying. People also forget he had hip surgery, a major hip surgery. Mm-hmm. Surgery, as long with what you said, Bar. He didn't have an off season, and he's he's a rookie, dude. Rookies don't like what Justin Herbert did this year is is abnormal, and people are comparing his success yeah. to Tua, and now everyone's reevaluating their young QBs and everything. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. He, his numbers were uh, on par with Joe Burrow's as well, other than passing yards, he was pretty close. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The yeah. easiest take to make as some as somebody now who talks about sports is just to be like, well, I don't think the quarterback will survive. Like you, to say that he'll struggle, 
you know, as like an easy mm-hmm. take to make. Because if you're wrong, then whatever. But I mean, like the quarterback is the hardest position to play. We know that he wasn't even really supposed to play this year. Like we've already touched on, no mm-hmm. off season at all. Um, major hip injury. Supposed to be a rest year. And he went in really early. Um, <clears throat> apparently the offense wasn't suited towards him and it was more suited towards a gunslinger like Ryan Fitzpatrick, which makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the Dolphins, oh, sorry, let me go back real quick again. I also agree with Bart. Like they just, they don't have exactly all of the offensive weapons that they could possibly need. Like Devonte Parker is a good number two, probably. And I think he could be a number one in moments, but overall, I mean, go and get, some like you see what it did for Josh Allen to go and get Stefan Diggs. Go and add yeah. another piece to that offense. Yeah. Offense is like the defensive win championships is cool, but often let's be honest, <laughs> the offenses are going to win championships and they need to go all in on a guy like Tua who isn't accurate throw over the football and can't actually make big plays. But it's not exactly like if you throw if you give him Josh Allen's receivers at Wyoming, you know, he's going to look bad anyway. So it's just <laughs> it they have to they have to do more. I will say this though. If it's between Tua or Deshaun Watson, yeah, Tua will never look as good as Deshaun Watson is, and you have to make yeah. that trade. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up too, where I think that if you look at it in a vacuum, like I completely agree that the criticism mm-hmm. of him is unfair for all the previous reasons mentioned, but I do think that you can't totally remove it from the context of like you. you there's a very high chance you could get Deshaun Watson in a deal, mm-hmm. and therefore. He might not be the guy because Deshaun Watson could be the guy in that situation. And I think when looking at it in that way, it makes sense because I agree with Wyatt that I think, well, Tua has a high ceiling. There's no way it's as high as Deshaun Watson, and you never know what could really? happen to Deshaun. Do you already think that? I mean, well, I, the, what's Tua's ceiling? Is it Drew Brees? Like, I think if... if that's pretty, pretty good. It's Drew Brees, right? Is is probably his ceiling. The best that Tua could possibly look is to be as good as Drew Brees is, which is great, which is a Hall of Fame career. But I think the the Deshaun Watson, if he kept on this path, at the end of the day, we would probably argue that Deshaun Watson would be a better quarterback than Drew Brees when it's all said and done, assuming that he doesn't Mm -hmm. fall off a cliff. Okay, well, here's here's another argument for Tua, though, is that he's cheap, so that you have more money to play with on, on other positions. Where Deshaun Watson, you don't have that luxury. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think with the Dolphins, it would make sense. But like with the Jets, where they re- need to rebuild basically everything, I'm less convinced <laughs> yeah. that the rookie deal isn't uh-huh. super valuable in that case. But with the Dolphins, if you could just plug in Deshaun Watson and you're like a Super Bowl contender, then... Right. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah that's, a good, that's a good point, Bart. The division is wide... I mean, Josh Allen's good, but the division is wide open, <laughs> I would say. And uh, mm. yeah, the Texans probably need it more than the Dolphins do. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to another aspect of the Miami Dolphins. Everyone thinks in the NFL circles that Brian Flores is a football genius. However, this one thing I found interesting, he he will have had three offensive coordinators going into his third season this year as their offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, resigned. Last January, their defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, left for the same job with the New York football giants. His D-line coach also made a lateral move to the Bengals. Why I'm going to go back to you on this one. Should we be paying more attention to the departure of Flores' assistance? Or could this just be a good sign that he's willing to experiment until everything is just right? Well, I think a lot of good coaches, and maybe for lateral moves, it could be a little bit of a red flag, but I think it's a good sign of a coach if they hire guys who other people want. Like Andy Reid has a circus of guys who goes through. Um, uh, Nick, or Nick Saban does. Bill Belichick does like these guys are just constantly they have guys that are going in and out the doors and because they're good coaches and I think you know there might be an opportunity I don't know exactly like if the D-line coach moves to somebody else you don't know what the opportunity is when they say like you could be the defensive coordinator or they could just be paying them more actually I did not look up the salaries mm-hmm. of any of the defensive coaches but I don't think it's an indictment on Flores because I think that mm-hmm. just means that he hires the right people and he knows who to bring around him yeah, well, but- I think there will be more oh go ahead Mark I was just gonna say, like, if it happens again, though, does it doesn't it start to seem like maybe he's hiring the wrong people, and you just can't like find a good match? Like, wouldn't that? When does it become like an indictment? Yeah. If people come out and speak on the Brian Flores culture, I would say it'd be an indictment. But I mean, up until that point, it just means that he brings good people around, and maybe somebody is willing to pay the other person more because they just recognize that they're good. Like, 
It's just the way it goes. And I think, it, especially Brian Flores, obviously seems to be a high level coach, really smart guy. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the Bill Belichick thing where it's like you can put whoever you want to. Bill Belichick is the key to the that makes the uh, or the engine that makes the Patriots run. Like it doesn't matter. You can put anybody else in these spots. And, you know, maybe Brian Flores is the same way where as long as he's the head coach of the team, like, they'll be okay. Yeah, and I do think there'd be more cause for concern if they weren't getting results, but they already from year one to year two jumped up five wins. And Mm -hmm. I think, Bart, you mentioned, like, when does it start being a cause for concern is I think when they stop getting results, when that, like, lack of continuity Mm -hmm. hurts team success. But as long as they're, like, improving year to year and showing noticeable leaps... I wouldn't be super worried about it. But there's yeah. such a small sample size at this point of like year one to year <laughs> two that, I don't know, you can't really, I feel like, judge how this is affecting institutional success at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dolphins on to, is it 14 wins next year? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Keep going. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another question. I'm just going to toss this out here real quick. So when anonymous Cowboys players were talking about how they didn't have faith in Mike McCarthy and all that stuff, Everybody's like, oh, he's lost control of the locker room. Do you think when anonymous players are speaking about speaking out about Tua, that Brian Flores has potentially lost some kind of control over the locker room? Do you think there might be some split with like Fitz, Team Fitz, or whatever in Team Tua? Or am I just I, speculating wildly right now? I don't think that's as much related to the coach as it is to Tua. Or like again, who knows what anonymous sources means. Uh, but it did seem like the Cowboys, you know, sources were against the coach. Whereas it seems like the Dolphins players are unsure about Tua. And it seemed like Brian Flores was unsure about Tua, given that, you know, he put in fits in, the, in a tight game in week 16 or whatever. So I, yeah. I don't know if it's... And, and that might be Brian Flores' fault for helping that kind of doubt about Tua to continue. But we haven't heard anything yet that people are doubting him as a coach, right? We've just heard about... That's like correct. The yeah, quarterback, which I don't think they need to be like directly tied together, I guess. Gotcha. Awesome. I appreciate your guys' perspectives on that, actually. That was really fun and illuminating for me. I, 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 you guys brought up some stuff I didn't think about. So let's move on to Meyer Meyer Pants on Fire. Wyatt wrote that one. I like that one. Urban Meyer has come out of retirement after repeatedly claiming he was done with coaching. Anytime you saw him in an interview, though, he would say, I'm done with coaching, and then go into, like, five sentences about, like, but if it was the right opportunity. So, anyway. The Jacksonville, ja- the Jacksonville Jaguars snagged a longtime college football coach last week. The team has four picks in the top 45 of this year's draft and the most cap space in the league. Lucas, I'll go to you on this one. What should the expectations be for the Jaguars this year, and what's the timetable for a Super Bowl ring? <laughs> um, well, I, to, to start with the first part of that question, I think the expectation should still be pretty low, to be honest. Trevor Lawrence, while as good as we think he's all going to be, is still going to be a rookie next year. And as you've mentioned, there are many more, or Bart maybe mentioned, there are many more Tua's as rookies than there are Justin Herbert's. And as good as Lawrence is, I think you I'd bet against him coming out and just being like immediately a generational talent and like showing himself in the league as like a great quarterback like even Joe Burrow who I think well not maybe the highest levels of hype compared to Lawrence is still pretty high like was good and fine this year and I mm-hmm. think I predict that sort of season next year for Lawrence getting adjusted to the league you've seen the last two years in the playoffs when he's had to play super talented teams he's sort of fallen short and I think he'll be playing teams like that every single week in the NFL so I think he has the talent to be a great success at quarterback, but I think it'll take time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Jaguars are still just, like, completely devoid of talent. And really, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, 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 no, no matter how good Trevor Lawrence is, even if he is, like, he looks like Tom Brady next year in year one. Like, there's just, like, not a lot of talent on either side of the ball. And I'm not also convinced Urban Meyer is going to be a huge success mm-hmm. in the NFL. I think he's very much like a CEO type. We've talked about the difference between college and NFL coaches before. Urban Meyer is like textbook CEO coach, and he won't be able to do that with the Jaguars. Whereas I don't know the ins and outs of how the Florida and Utah and Ohio State programs have worked, but he he never seemed to me like he was like the master tactician, but he just like created good programs, and you can't do that to the same level in the NFL. And I just, I'm not, I think there's some guys who can obviously translate well from college to the pros, and it's been done. But I 
to me, Meyer just doesn't seem like a guy who might be able to successfully do that. Like, he reminds me a lot of Saban, and Saban's only little foray into the NFL. He can he completely mm-hmm. crashed and burned, and I can see that happening similarly. So, as for a Super Bowl ring, I'll book it right now. I don't think uh, Urban Meyer wins a Super Bowl with the Jacksonville Ooh. Jaguars. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the hottest of takes, but I know, but... No, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna bring up. Uh, sorry, why? I, no, I was, I I was gonna bring up um, Saban as well. I feel like if, like, it really will beg the question if Urban Meyer can do well. Mm-hmm. Just how impactful recruiting is, because you obviously mm-hmm. like that's seems like to me like that's the biggest difference for them is that they just have talent that is far and away better than most of the other teams in college. In the NFL, I mean, I read an interview that Urban Meyer talked about this. He knows that the NFL like talent discrepancy is way lower. I agree with Lucas. I don't think he's that much of a tactician that he's going to be able to mm-hmm. just like manifest like amazing talent <laughs> and like amazing like success. Just given that the players aren't going to be that much better that, than they were at like Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. I I do think to an extent like you there's something to be said about building a culture, and I'm sure he's going to do a good job of that. Like you know like Mike the Mike Tomlins of the world, like the Brian Flores yeah. of the world. Like you seem like the the cultures there are like really nice and and they have set themselves up for success. But at the end of the day, I think you also need to be really good at like, just like coaching up players and get, like calling the right plays and basically like being great in game. And I don't know if Urban Meyer is necessarily all that. I agree, I don't think he's gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I also don't think they're gonna go better than six and 10 next year. I wanna throw that in there as well. No, and, yeah, and the, Jaguars, sure. I mean, yeah. the Jaguars should expect <laughs> to win zero three. games. They should not Whoa. have the expectation okay, of I don't know about that. to win. Yeah. No, no, they probably won't. And I don't think that internally, but like, I think that this is going to get really carried away. We're like, oh, we have Urban Myers and he oh, wins yeah. national championships. Yes, and we have, for sure. We have um, T-Law, who is like the greatest prospect of all time. <laughs> and which I think, because like people have been saying that Trevor Lawrence is going to be like a top 15 quarterback from the day he, he comes into the NFL. <laughs> which, <laughs> I mean, but it's just like, it's. It, I think it's going to get a little ridiculous. And I will agree that maybe we'll see what, what Urban Myers is really made of. Because when you're Ohio State or Alabama, you essentially have... 22 first round picks on your offense and defense between both sides. Like Uh you just have some of the best players that college can offer. Um, I will say this though, is that Harbaugh was not exactly a tactician or a great scheme guy. And he seemed to build, build a great enough culture with some really good offensive and defensive coordinators to kind of put together teams that can win games. So, I mean, as long as urban Meyer can surround himself with some really high level NFL guys, then he'll be fine because all, all they really need him to do is rebuild a really toxic culture that um, Tom mm-hmm. Coughlin had left behind in Jacksonville because, I mean, they had, they've had the talent before and they let it all go because people didn't want to actually be there. So if Urban Meyer can make it a place where players actually want to play, then I think Jacksonville will be just fine. That's fair. Oh, and I want to stick up for Saban real quick because apparently Saban wanted Drew Brees when he became available and a team doctor <laughs> said that Drew Brees was too risky to take on, which might have cost Saban his career. So we'll see. I mean, we. I mean, I guess we could have seen like what what might have been if Saban had wanted had actually gotten Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I, I agree pretty much all with all your points. I'm pretty skeptical. I was, I also just think rebuilds in the NFL are so much more fickle yeah. than in college. You know, mm-hmm. where obviously Urban Meyer's turned around college programs literally in their first year like so many times, but. I don't know. It's I'm I'm skeptical. We'll see. He doesn't have that national brand to like recruit from, like everybody was saying. So, the and the Jaguars. I don't know. It's in Florida, but it's not necessarily like a blue blood, yeah, organization that people are like. Oh yeah, I want to win in Jacksonville. So yeah. we'll see. I also but, think yeah. part of part of why Meyer took this position, why he went to the NFL and not like Texas and uh, in college, was he didn't want to be liable for like the be- the behavior of his players anymore. Because I know, like at Florida, <laughs> at least. A lot of his players got in trouble and stuff. And in college, Pete Carroll's talked about this. In college, the blame goes all on the coach if something happens with your students. Mm-hmm. But then in the, NFL, in the NFL, it's like, well, they're an adult. They so the players kind of take the the blame for off the field antics. I think that that factored into his decision to go to the NFL, not college. That's just me, me guessing, but that's probably true. The, the college is hard to be a college mm-hmm. coach, recruiting and all the other stuff. It's a longer. It's like a, just a uh, no off season, like people have mentioned before. But I got a follow up question: If Urban Meyer does win a Super Bowl, would he be the best football coach of all time? No, absolutely not. I say yes, personally. 
he he would have the same resume as Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll. No, he wouldn't. Put into, yeah, the, he wouldn't. The reason he wouldn't is because <laughs> so there's only three coaches, or there's only two coaches that have won a national championship at two different schools: Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. Obviously, Saban didn't have any success in the NFL, so he's out. Three coaches have won in the NFL in college. Urban Meyer would join that fraternity, so nobody would have won a championship at two schools and a Super Bowl. I think that's pretty impressive. And, like, you talk about it, Lucas, in the LeBron-MJ debate. Like, MJ had a bunch of consistency and stuff. LeBron wins everywhere. You can use that, you can use that on Urban Meyer and say, well, he wins everywhere. <laughs> I, would say, I would say he's number one if he does it, personally. Yeah, that's fair. But I, there's something about, like, him hopping between blue bloods. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just, like, a, a me, personally. <laughs> Not wanting to admit I'm wrong. But I think that, like... Uh, I don't know. He like kind of he walked into like the Ohio State job and just like won a title. <laughs> a lot of talent. <laughs> like that one didn't seem like one of his better. So did, well, you could say that but... with Saban at Alabama, right? Nah, Alabama was not good before Saban took over. Well, Ohio I mean, State Ohio State was. went six and seven the year before Urban Meyer took over. I mean, okay. I know Lucas, they had talent, but so did Alabama. You know. Yeah, Lucas, let me ask you this then: Who is the best head coach or coach of all time? Then, and then we can compare resumes to that. Who do you think would know. be the best coach? Belichick, Saban? Yeah, I just think, like, I, I view the NFL and, like, college coaching so differently that, like, I don't I don't think that you can necessarily, like, classify greatest of all time. Like, I would say Belichick, like, if you're going to have to give me one across both, just because I think, while I love college football, I think it's more impressive to win lots of titles at the NFL level, and Belichick did it at a level that no one else did. So I think... I would if you had to give it to ever anybody as the best coach ever, I'd say Belichick probably. But Belichick had a bunch of consistency and only one was Brady. The Browns, yeah. he didn't do any, he didn't win. You know, so I don't know. No, he made, he made the playoffs with the Browns. But he didn't win know. a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, that's fair. So. I don't know. Right. It depends on how you. Oh, yeah. Go Sorry. ahead, Bart. Never mind. I was just gonna, like it depends on what you want out of a coach because like I don't think like Belichick as a recruiter like. I don't think I, I don't envision him being no. super likable, right? So I don't think, no. like he I doubt yeah he he never would have been as successful at the college level. But like if you just want a, a coach who's like obviously technically brilliant and who like instills a culture of like we are going to win and if you don't like it then you can literally just leave. We'll cut you. <laughs> then yeah, I mean, but yeah I guess it's it's like there's so many facets to coaching. It's kind of hard to peg it down to, to one thing like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But. All right, let's switch. Let's switch over to NBA real quick before we end with the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Nets have officially become the media circus of the NBA, <laughs> as predicted, as they acquired James Harden in a massive trade last week. Many people, many people have said the Nets did not jump the Lakers as the best team in the NBA, even though Harden and KD have played really great together in their two games. Mm-hmm. However, some have suggested that this accumulation of talent is actually going to hurt Kevin Durant's legacy and invalidate any rings he wins in Brooklyn similar to the rings he won in Golden State. Aiden, does this move hurt Kevin Durant's legacy because it ruins his chance to win on his own? I don't think that much, to be honest. And, like, I realize I've always furthered the you-need-to-prove-you-can-do-it-on-your-own mindset, or at least in relation (laughs) to KD and his Warriors championship. But I'm not sure anyone really cares in the current NBA. You know, there there are very few guys who can do it on their own slash have done it on their own in the NBA. And I think the KD Warriors championship case is special, given that, like, obviously he didn't prove that he could do it on his own there. But he also didn't pass, like, the lower bar of the bar being, like, was he even needed to win those chips kind of thing. Um, And I think that, like, do I think KD helped them win those back-to-back championships? Like, yes. Like, do I know for sure that they wouldn't have won them without him? I can't say that for certain. Um, so I think that's the bigger hurdle for KD. And I don't think that's a problem with the Nets. The Nets are not a team that had already been good. Um, he's here for the rise of the Nets. He's here for the start of it. Um, I think I think that's what matters. So I, I don't think this will like really hurt his legacy per se. Um, I think the it's obviously a much riskier move for Harden's legacy, who um, is kind of throwing it all out there on this. And this is like championship or bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the tables have turned for Kevin Durant here, where maybe he's on the opposite end of this, where yeah, Kevin yeah. Durant went running to Steph Curry, and uh, I was not say running, but he went to Steph Curry <laughs> and was like, help me win a championship. And now it's the other way around, where James Harden, who is a, 
yeah. one of the top players in the league is now coming to Kevin Durant to have him win a championship. So I don't yeah. think that this is a, this is a bad thing on Kevin Durant's legacy, yeah. because he went to the Nets on his own as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by I would say practically by himself, but he was going as the number one guy. Um, mm-hmm. He was unquestionably the best player on that team. He's establishing his own culture. Yada, 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 all that other stuff. And then James Harden said, I like what's going on over there. I want in versus, you know, what um, Kevin Durant did when he went to the Warriors. This right now with Kevin Durant feels more like LeBron James in the Miami Heat than it does, you know, his previous move. Yeah. I don't know that it even changed the narrative that much because he already wouldn't have been, like, winning on his own, per se. Like, he had Kyrie on that team, too, and who's, like, a legit number two star in that position. And while, like, Harden might make it seem even less like he's winning on his own. Like, I don't think, you know, the marginal, like, benefit of James Harden being on the team affects... Well, it will make the team, I think, significantly better. I don't think it impacts the discussion around, like, him winning on his own or not that much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just think nowadays, like Aiden said, you need, like, two Hall of Famers, to be honest, on your team to win a championship. Otherwise, you're just probably not going to do it. Like who argue, of late? Maybe Lebr- yeah, like who of late? You can has probably like, argue the yeah. LeBron, maybe twenty sixteen. If you don't think Kyrie's a Hall of Famer, yeah, argue yeah, that. you could argue mm-hmm. that, and you could argue Kawhi, I guess. But he had a super, he had a very yeah. talented team around him. So mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, yeah, I. I, I mean, like Dirk's total run was like, yeah, they had Hall of Famers, but they were washed, right? Like Jason. <laughs> <Kidd was laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that, that's that's a pretty good one. Yeah. But Dirk's like the only person I can think of who basically like could say he won it on his own yeah 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 lucas the 76ers were another top destination for james harden but obviously it didn't work out did the 76ers <laughs> miss out on a trade that would have made them an nba title front runner yeah absolutely they did and i was pretty Ooh. down before this year starting on trading ben simmons um but i think like there's a parallel here to what we were talking about in like the Tua sean watson discussion in that at some point like potential is potential and you just a surefire home run thing is just better than potential and even though i think ben still has potential if you want to create if you want to create good floor spacing around Embiid, harden is unquestionably the better option than simmons and it's just been really frustrating to watch ben simmons again this year and i know he is excellent at every part of the game except for scoring but like it's just so frustrating to watch him on the offensive end a lot of the time and even his his passing ditto for Harden yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know even Ben's passing has gotten like predictable it's just like he he drives into the lane and then he kicks and like it's not even like you know he never has the threat of like actually driving all the way to the hoop and scoring so like it's easier to defend the kick because you know he's always going to do it like, when you see good teams with good defenses play against him, they, like, shut him down completely. I think he had two total shots against the Heat when they played them last week in the first game. Like, he's just relentlessly predictable. And I know he gives you lots of good options on, like, the offensive on the defensive end. And he can shut down the other team's best players. But at the end of the day, especially with the way the NBA is, if you have the choice, like, I think you got to take the guy that's, like, a walking 30-point-a-game guy, somebody that could... <laughs> single-handedly take your team to the playoffs because Embiid is also a guy that could single-handedly take you to the playoffs if he's the best player on a team. And if you put two guys that can single-handedly take you to the playoffs on a team together, you're a pretty likely championship contender. And, like, this isn't all to hate on Ben because he's, he's a great, like, piece on a championship team. But if he's the second best player on your team, I don't think there's any way you ever win a championship. And it just feels like they're kind of the, the window's closing a little bit on Embiid, especially with how injury prone he is to like really get him in a prime with a championship shot. And I think you just need like a go-to like scorer and perimeter player, and they just don't have that at this point. And Harden would have given them that. Yeah, I say this in the same way we talked about um, Tua and Deshaun Watson. Like Ben Simmons, as good as he is, is not going to be or develop into a player that James Harden is right now. Yeah. It, it would have made, obviously, I don't think it was a Sixers fault. Um, I don't remember if this was said, but the the Rockets wanted picks so bad that they just denied a, a trade mm-hmm. for Ben Simmons. 
But had they paired James Harden and Joel Embiid together, it would have been a really good it would have been a really good combo. And I think that the both teams should have been comfortable moving on with their stars for their, the other team's star. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I think you know Lucas has said it's frustrating the way the way it's gone. He's good at everything, but the Ben Simmons Joel Embiid combo might just be tapped out, where they've mm-hmm. kind of gone as far as they possibly can. Um, they're playing well, but I I, I mean. I think that at some point they're going to have to just, I said it before, move on, you know, from having these two stars paired together and maybe use it to add another piece who they, where they don't really kind of play the same style two dramatically, very different styles. Like if Mm -hmm. they can do Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal, just to throw it out there, you know, something like that. Yeah. And that's the one I've heard thrown in a lot of Simmons for Beal. But what's frustrating too is I like what's Ben Simmons trade value at this point. Like, (laughs) Well, it doesn't make sense for the the Wizards to give up Beal for Simmons unless they also get like tons of picks and the Sixers aren't like swimming in picks. And I, mm-hmm. it just feels like they're kind of stuck in this situation at this point where like the team is better this year. It unquestionably is than last yeah. year. They have shooters in the way they didn't last year. They don't have like four huge guys on the court like just <laughs> being a mess. But it's just like the team's never going to win unless they have like an elite perimeter score and. Like, I just don't know what team would give that up for Ben Simmons at this point because he wouldn't slot in nicely to the position that you're swapping him for. Yeah. Did the way James Harden forced a trade out of Houston, do you think that's going to hurt his legacy? Absolutely. We kind of touched on it. Yeah. Like, if they win the chip this year, I think people will semi-forget about it. But, like, the way he did Mm -hmm. it seemed so just, like, childish. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it definitely left. I mean, you can tell it left a bad taste in a lot of the Rockets players' mouth. Yeah, and yeah. fans. Yeah. Agree. it's not nearly as awful as what KD did for sure. Yeah, but I do think it will stain yeah. his legacy. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I gonna... think that the yeah, like the Kawhi case proves that like we like the NBA as as a whole like would forget about it if they did win a championship. Yeah, I doubt that. But like he meant a lot to Houston more than I feel like Kawhi meant to you know San Antonio or KD yeah. meant mm-hmm. to you know. Um, well, maybe not, but like I, I do think that this definitely hurts his Houston legacy or his like local legacy. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. definitely to be affected, even if his NBA one's more dependent on whether he wins a championship or not. Yeah, yeah, and I think the thing, the problem with him in Houston is that nobody, no other team has empowered their superstar that the way that the Houston Rockets empowered James mm-hmm. Harden, where they were constantly shipping in and out players to make see if they can make it fit. Um, he was complaining about the culture, but anything that happened to do with the culture is the culture that James Harden had set up for himself in Houston. <laughs> I mean, they, like yeah. they catered to him in every possible way and it just didn't work out. And then the way that he kind of went about it, it seemed like he denied any accountability whatsoever. And I think in a nutshell, it won't hurt his legacy. And at the end of the day, if James Harden and the Nets go on to win three championships, we'll just say James Harden won a championship, <laughs> you know, yeah, or, he'll, or he'll move out of the category mm-hmm. of, the greatest player to never win. And we'll just, you know, put it back to Charles Barkley or something like that. <laughs> but I think if you talk about guys who really talk about basketball um, or like really dig deep into it, it'll leave a bad taste in their mouth for a long time. Mm-hmm. Last NBA question before we move on to our picks on the NFL. A lot of buzz in the NBA nowadays just focus on, focuses on transactions and the hope that your team can get somebody rather than the games themselves, according to Rick Buecher. Do you think this caps? Do you think the NBA popularity is kind of like capped because of that, or do you think, do you think it'll never be as popular as the NFL, for example? What do y'all think on that? It'll never be the NFL. Yeah, but I also don't think that the fact that deals get this much hype is necessarily bad for the NBA either, because there it's just harder to follow. Like it's just like structurally, the NFL has sixteen games, the NBA has eighty-two games in most Mm -hmm. years, and it's just easier to follow 16 games especially when they're on sunday at 4 p.m as opposed to like yeah. your random tuesday yeah. night at seven game and i think like that structurally is built against the nba but this gives you something to focus on if you can't watch every game and i think it honestly helps the the commercial like yeah. appeal of the nba it helps like its success because like you're not going to be able to follow 82 games, but because there are these exciting mm-hmm. deals and stuff like that, like it gives you something you can latch on to, even if you know you can only catch 
15 regular season games or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's just a product of how the NBA is, which is it's a superstar driven league more so than the NFL is. And superstars move around more than they do in the NFL because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, in the NFL, you have, you know, quarterbacks really the only star driven <laughs> position, truly. Yeah. And, like, they don't move around much uh, because you can only have one per team and they get locked up. So I think it's just like the NBA is driven by the the LeBrons and the Hardens and the such. Um, so I think that's like why it's why the transactions are so you know related to cause such you know commotion. I don't think mm-hmm. it like caps anything per se. Even if yeah, I, I agree that the 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 NBA is never going to be the NFL for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I think it's about- mostly the eighty two games and the fact I think. To be honest, that they play on cable TV mostly, not broadcast, mm. which mm-hmm. broadcast is just in more TV packages yeah. usually. And yeah, yeah, I think that those are the two biggest reasons. Bart, go, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I, I do think it's a valid question though. Like I think you would honestly need to get some more concrete numbers, like do some more concrete research on it, like that the only only the NBA would be able to do. Because I think there are definitely people who are like, I'm a fan of LeBron, I'm a fan of like Kevin Durant or Kyrie because they're so yeah. ridiculous, but they say that and they don't actually watch games like they just like are like a fan mm-hmm. of the person i think there are definitely people who would watch more nba if they had more reason to care about their team and there wasn't so much shuffling so i think it's mm-hmm. like i think if you if you were able to dig deeper and see like the numbers of how many people watch games and for what reason i think you might actually find that people watch less actual like game time because they care more about players and not about the, the gameplay but do you think it's the shuffling that's driving that you know the fans not watching as much like or not being as into some team like i still don't feel like players are moving around enough that it's like like i don't feel like if i get attached to my team like the players are going to be gone next year you know yeah college football doesn't have that problem it's new players every three years right (laughs) i mean like your quarterbacks are only going to be there for like three years so you know who knows football has a weird sense of loyalty i don't know what it is about football and the reason why you just enjoy a football team for such a long time but i also think it's just maybe maybe it's geographically i don't feel like a lot of basketball teams like i don't even i forgot what i was trying to go with it but like it, it was just like i think that the the football team like you kind of you every most areas have a football team in it where you're like i just have this one football team like we i know that there are a lot of football teams in the state of california but there are way more basketball teams in the state of California where it's like, you could just kind of pick whoever you want to. And then again, you don't really care as much, but when you're a football team, you're like, well, this is all I got. So you, you kind of invest a little bit more into it. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I feel like a lot of it's like, just due to the fact that football is like a more just visceral sport. Like there's, you know, there's big hits there. Like, I honestly think that's a lot of it. The fact that it's rare, like it only happens like, like 16 games a year. Yeah, and you're getting like I think it's just a product of the sport more so than anything that the NBA is doing. I guess it's the modern day gladiator games, right? Yeah. <laughs> People have always been just attracted no, to violence no. for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. That's gonna end our NBA discussion. We're gonna we're gonna end the show on our AFC and NFC championship weekend predictions. A quick recap of our records: Lucas and Wyatt are tied for first at nine and one. Nice. Their only blemishes being Lucas picking the Rams last week and Wyatt picking the Saints. Aiden and I are seven and three, tied for third, and Bart is six and four, so he's creeping up there. Well, you, you, you... Coin, coin flipping has gotten me ahead so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with the NFC Championship game between the Bucks and Packers. Lucas, who do you got in that game? Y'all doubted me last week on Tom Brady spurn. I was the only one to pick the Bucks, and here we are, and I'm doing it again. Whoa! The Tampa Bay Buccaneers to make the Super Bowl. Wow. Yes, I watched the Packers, and I'm like, wow, that's impressive football. But I think at some point you get to a point where it's just the intangibles take over. The it factor happens. The it factor. And Tom, Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady really wants to like do the LeBron where he like wins championships in multiple locations. And I think he's driven by that. We're and I do. I, exactly. <laughs> no one else has ever done it. Um, so I'm picking the Bucks. Wow. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just slowly amble over to your side, Lucas. I am picking the Bucks as well. <laughs> I did not pick them last week. Um, I don't think it's gonna be the blowout that it like in October the Bucks beat the the Packers thirty six to ten. Um, mm. but I think it's clear from the Bucks Saints game, if anything, that regular season is not not always a predictor. Um, and I am kind of annoyed by the narrative that like the Bucks have finally got it all together, and they're like you know like all season they were waiting to get it together and now they have it and they're just unstoppable um but honestly i think the packers have an average defense and i do think that tom brady has a lot of weapons um given evans and godwin and antonio brown and gronk um so i i think that the bucks will take it i think it's gonna be a good game well i think this is an opportunity for me to move up the leaderboards uh packers <laughs> easily for me in this one their offense could do whatever they wanted against the rams uh, I know the Bucks won the first meeting, but I just think the Packers are a better team overall. And like, Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to throw three interceptions like Breeze did. That's that's why the Bucks won yeah. that game. You know, so I'm going. I'm going Packers. Bart, what do you think? Uh, you read my mind. Yeah, for me, the biggest thing is that Rodgers is not Breeze. They kept Breeze even though he's got a noodle arm. He couldn't throw further <laughs> than ten yards, and they still almost won. I agree. Yeah. I think Rodgers had a really, really uncharacteristically bad game when they lost or in yeah. the regular season. I don't see it happening again. And honestly, for me, you know what it is? Deep down, I would rather see Aaron Rodgers in a second Super Bowl, even though I'm a Vikes fan, over Tom Brady in his 10th. It's just more interesting. <laughs> so give me the Packers. Uh, <laughs> all right. Wyatt? Oh, God. Yeah, I got to go with the Packers as well. Pretty much for everything that everybody else has said so far about the Packers. I just don't know if there's a defense that can't stop them, no matter how good the Tampa Bay defense is. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just kind of feel like a team of destiny the same way that, like, maybe LSU did a, a year ago. We're just like, I would I would just let them – I just believe that they're going to make it all the way. There isn't really much that other teams can do. People are forgetting, though. It's Tampa Bay's year. They, uh, they yeah. won the Stanley Cup. They made the World Series. They acquired the Toronto Raptors. All oh, I thought you were going to say they, they would be playing at home in the Super Bowl. If they yeah, they will. That, that as well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll end our show with predictions on the AFC Championship game between the Bills and Chiefs. Obviously, the major news here is that mm-hmm. Mahomes has to pass the, concu- the concussion protocol before he can play. So you guys can make this pick under whatever assum- assumption you want regarding his status, and I'll let you change your pick offline up up. Up until the start of the game. But for now, publicly on the podcast. Lucas, who are you going with? Um, I'm going to hedge my bets on a book it from earlier in the year, and I'm going to pick the Bills, because I picked the Bills to lose in the AFC Championship in an earlier edition of the book it, but I'm going to pick them to win here. And I would have picked them regardless. <laughs> um, okay. I think they're going to keep rolling. I think the Allen Diggs connection is great. Their defense is playing really well and shut down Lamar and co. with the Ravens this week. I, even if Mahomes plays, he probably won't be 100%. And mm-hmm. I think that that just tilts things in the Bills' favor. Aiden? So, Bills. Um, I'm going with the, the party line Chiefs here. I, I do. I think <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine Mahomes not getting in, even with the, the protocol and everything. Um, and I just I feel like the Chiefs are unstoppable. And it's I can't really imagine a game where I pick against the Chiefs at the moment. Like, obviously, they, they struggled a bit towards the end of the Browns game, but that was, um, I feel like, a product of Mahomes not being there. So I feel like as long as Mahomes is healthy, which I'm betting on, they're going to take it. Yeah. I'm also operating under the assumption that he will play. And I think with a concussion, if he does play, he'll be 100%. It's either, like, 100 or 0 on concussions, basically, mm-hmm. I think. So I'm going with the Chiefs. Their offense, yeah, just seems to flow. Like, they just can't be stopped. It's great, like you said. Um, and the Bills just haven't been as impressive, unfortunately. So, I sorry, Bills Mafia. I'm going. I'm going Chiefs <laughs> on this one, Bart. I mean, yeah. It's for me. It's just literally Mahomes plays equals Chiefs win. Mahomes yeah. is out equals Bills win. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also expect him to play. I think they're going to really push for it. They might, you know, s- sneak past some doctors mm-hmm. on the way in. But <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm kidding. It's like super dangerous to play with a concussion. So no, but I I would be very happy to be wrong about the Bills losing because I I think yeah like yeah. the Chiefs have their Super Bowl. I would love to see Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs make it. I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout as some people here seem to think. Oh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. Well, 
I would no. I mean, okay. Let me let me rephrase. I would not even mm-hmm. say that I would be particularly surprised. Like, I, don't, I don't think the yeah, that's fair. unstoppable at all. Even with Mahomes, like yeah, the yeah. Bills' offense also looks really good. They do. Also, I think it could be a shootout, like forty to thirty-five. Yeah, or something. yeah. Okay. I would love that. Sorry. Yeah. That's why I'm getting long-winded answers. Mahomes and Chiefs. If Mahomes plays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think I'm. I don't want to pick the Chiefs. I actually really want to pick the Bills. I wish I agree with Bart that if they don't win, if I'm wrong about my pick. I'll be okay. I'm going to put all my eggs into the State Farm Bowl and go with Packers Chiefs <laughs> as the final Super Bowl look. Um, but I don't know if the Chiefs actually deserve to be in the AFC Championship right now. If Cleveland had won this game the week mm-hmm. prior, I would have picked Cleveland to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, I think that the Chiefs look like they're beatable. I will say this, watching Andy Reid navigate with a backup quarterback and the play calling still kind of flow like the way Jared said. It's hard for me to bet against the Chiefs. I wouldn't mind if I'm wrong, but I'm going to go all in on the State Farm Bowl. Yeah. No, you're totally right that they are pulling the strings right now. This is this has been the master plan all along, and State Farm is finally seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want yeah. to yeah. 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 The commercials are crazy. Stocks, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for the show. Jam-packed episode, a lot of stuff going on. Um, make sure you guys do not miss out on our social media platforms. We are on Twitter at you thought sport and we are now on social media. Same thing. Uh, or excuse me on Instagram for the same thing. Give us a follow, keep in touch with us, DM us, let us know. We appreciate everything. Thank you guys.